As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Let's go places. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Just heard from somebody who said there's no NIL money in West Lafayette, Indiana for Purdue. Whether that's true or not, somebody familiar with uh, the university, we were talking about Zach Eady, who's going to stay at Purdue. And uh, we thought maybe he was going to come out after being the Big Ten Player of the Year, but told there's no way there's millions of dollars in NIL money in Purdue or uh, with those boosters there. But Zach Eady is going back to Purdue. Uh, yes, Fritzy, uh, you have something about Al Pacino when his baby is born? I was wondering, once the baby comes out and friends and family want to meet the baby, what would Al Pacino likely say? Okay. How would he introduce the baby to the world? All right, and that would be? Say hello to my little friend. Okay. <laughs> it's Perfect. likely what he might say. I would hope he would say. A little Scarface there. Yeah. Back to you in the Thank studio. Thank you, Todd. Thank you. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. I text Jason Jackson Jr. the third prior to game seven. The heat in the garden. Miami Heat play-by-play voice. And I said nervous question mark. And he was not nervous at all. It's all about the money for Jason Jackson Jr. the third. Welcome back to the program. <laughs> all about the money i mean it's a significant portion of the spoils okay your girl sherelle wants a new kitchen okay i mean quartz and lgs and backsplashes and waterfalls i got but you weren't nervous you were not do, you weren't nervous about your miami heat why but what because this team has done this all year I mean, like, honestly, when you look at the regular season versus the postseason, the stretch of goodness hadn't really existed in any consistent way in the regular season. I think the longest winning streak for the Heat during the regular season was three. Okay. There, are, 
There were a few of them, but it was the longest winning streak. So the fact that, you know, they jumped out to the 3-0 lead, okay, seen that. The three losses was really two and a quarter, <laughs> but they don't count them that way. That last loss was the type of thing that gets your full attention, you know? But, so, okay, you're not you're nervous at all and, and, going into game seven. Come on, pregame, the, I, the hype all, video, all of that, you're not going, uh-oh. No. Nah. Gang Green only has so much that they can really toss at you. That That is what I refer to as the fan base of the Boston Celtics, Gang Green. Okay. And when it when it got when it got tough, Danny, when it got tough, and I'm talking at the beginning of the fourth quarter. No, let's go back to halftime when the booze started <laughs> in game seven on the home floor. Where's the jet fuel that you're giving your your squad <laughs> that's supposed to cascade down onto the parquet? Gang green. Boo! Stop jacking it! I'm like, what are they talking about? Uh, how nervous are you facing Denver? Again, I should, my name should be Purvis. That's, You're that never nervous, Purvis Ellison? I'm never nervous. Okay. Uh, the thing that does concern me is that there is – how do you stop Joker? Like, where is that? Uh, you can run him around. I think that's the first thing you, you've got to say is that let's make him just exude as much energy as possible defensively. So now I, I see Bam Adebayo starting on the baseline for every set and sprinting to the top of the arc in, in, in 90 pick and rolls, 90. And I think that's the only way to just get a little lather going. On the other end, you've, you've seen this, and he'll get the ball. Here comes the double team. He is an enormous human being. He just looks over the top of everything, finds whoever's open. They'll make it or they won't, but they've been rolling, so the making tends to happen. Uh, you cannot shake that man. And and now that everyone is so super confident, uh, it's going to be a scrambling defense. And I think that's what really helped Miami against – I think Milwaukee was probably the closest thing that they, they get to in the sense of – and Giannis wasn't at 100%, but – that's when you go back and you look at that, you watch every loss in the last six weeks and you try to figure out something that just keeps that big monster on the move. We're talking to Jason Jackson, play-by-play voice uh, and also TV host and uh, NBA host on Sirius XM joining us from Denver. Game uh, one coming up tonight, Miami eight-and-a-half-point underdog. Feels like both these teams trying to embrace the nobody thought we would be here or, you know, we're the underdogs here. Denver is a big favorite here, but they, they're playing the, nobody, you know, wants to give us any credit. Uh, how is that playing? Do you think with the Miami heat? Dan, they don't care. I mean, that, and it's not even disdain for Denver having that edge. That's just the mentality of this group. Uh, if you saw Jimmy's uh, comments yesterday, that that really leads to everything that trickles out of the mouth of Kyle Lowry, of, out of uh, the, the face of Bam Adebayo as well, as everybody on that roster, is that if they play, if the Heat play their best basketball, then that's the best chance to win. What is that? That is defending your you-know-what off, turning that defense and offense, and then everything becomes a little bit easier. Uh, let us discuss, though, the reality of one mile in the air, particularly the first game. 
that is not something to take lightly. As someone who walks three levels of stairs in that building, huffing and puffing, uh, I was literally just sitting in my broadcast location, section 260. Thank you, Nuggets. That's lovely. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking down to the floor. I'm literally going, I'm I'm lightheaded up here, and I'm sitting still. Like so, you, you, that that just getting acclimated to that, I I think most players say takes about two quarters uh, before that happens. So it's gonna be interesting to watch how. Are you saying that the altitude could affect your performance tonight in game one? I'm gonna have oxygen. Okay. Between my legs, it's gonna be <laughs> easily accessible. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, feels like Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler have already won the playoffs. That that we recognize how great Spolster is nationally, and Jimmy Butler, here he is again, Jimmy Buckets. Say that fair? Thankfully. Yeah. It's funny. So Spo doesn't need it and has a disdain for even sitting and talking to us. I think I shared with you last time, Jimmy has no use for us as the the professional observers of things. Uh, They do what is required of them in the sense of communicating. Obviously, after 27 years – in this business, 15 as the head coach of the Miami Heat, Spo gets it and understands that there are a couple of layers that are there when it comes to communicating, fan base, uh, talk sometimes still talking to your players that way, um, that there's a usefulness to at least allowing us to note that you're one of the best that do this. Jimmy does not care. And I don't know if that's, you know, the ducats or just the fact that he's from Tomball, Texas, or just his inner wiring. But it's just that that part of it, neither one of them needs. And it, it does radiate to some level through the rest of the crew, which makes it an easy team to like, to root for. Uh, I was talking to somebody, one of our colleagues uh, from the Worldwide Leader, and that person was noting that, if you're a hoop head, this is going to be one of your favorite finals. It may not be the highest rated finals, but as a hoop head, these two teams with some of the names we've already talked about, these are just really good basketball players, great basketball technicians, uh, in the head coaches and staffs. So th- this is going to be a really, really good basketball finals, most likely. I just don't know if there's enough radiating from a, Oh, yeah. Casual fan that makes the finals, you know, ratings juggernaut. Uh, Tyler Hero not playing tonight, maybe not game two. Maybe you bring him back game three at home. Um, could it be a bad thing if he comes back, given the injury and then trying to come back to play in the NBA finals? It's hard to make 20 points per game bad. But what I will say, it'll, it'll, it'll be different. His usage is more... I was told earlier in the season that it was at the level of Dwayne Wade. And I remember my eyes popping out of my head because I watch this man all the time. And I'm going, he has the ball in his hands that much? I didn't realize. But Tyler really worked on his ball handling two years ago. And so he can get anywhere on the floor that he wants. And then he can score everywhere at the basket, mid-range, and three. What that does sometimes, as you well know, sir, as someone who is a bit of a ball hog himself? Absolutely, uh, is that it does alter <laughs> the everybody else's touches. I think Tyler's been paying attention over the last six weeks and realizing that 
when the Heat have five, six, seven guys in double figures, uh, the offense is a hell of a lot easier. But that man can score. Like, that's literally what he does. I believe the nickname is Bucket. We got a lot of buckets in our joint. Yeah, you can't have Jimmy Bucket. That being said. Yeah, you can't have a couple of buckets there. You got Jimmy Bucket. He is boy wonder, but I mean, the man's a father of two children. I can't call him a child anymore. It's ridiculous. He's got two kids now? Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's the bucket hat that he's been wearing on the sidelines. Is that is that why he's known as Bucket Boy or whatever? Nah, man. Nah, he can score. Okay, dude. all right. He's something else. All right, you sound pretty he's confident here. I think you're kind of absorbing Jimmy Butler. I think you're 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 taking on Jimmy Butler's persona here a little bit. I think it's the other way around. I am oh, the elder yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> I am the elder. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. have fun. I, I am realizing that at 51, I arrived at this job at. at 32, and I was the same age as the, you know, the most senior players. And then you evolve into being the same age as everybody's crazy uncle. Yeah. And and now I'm the same age, if not older, as most of the parents. I, I met you in your so 20s. Have a perspective about. You were in your 20s. Well, that's when we met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking about when I got to Miami. I know, but I'm just saying I've known you when I saw you when you were a kid. 23 yeah. when I arrived. 23. Right, right outside my door, my office. Here we go. Yeah. Jason, Jason had a cubicle right outside my door, my office. You know, the new guy. Looked like I, I served him daily. <laughs> I said hello to you. Right? Yeah, oftentimes stole um, my I TV. Did, I didn't steal a TV from you. But I told you I did it. You had to. <laughs> I. It was an us versus them environment. Yes, it that was, was created. Yes, it, by it, the management it, at the mothership. That yes, was ridiculous. Yes, yes. But you were a new guy. I needed an extra TV in my office, and I didn't think you were using it that much. So I just brought it into my crib. <laughs> well, well, when you were walking out the door, and I still had four hours until my show was on. <laughs> You were welcome to go into my office. I would imagine to, you're to thinking, watch. Oh, well, he'll, he'll be fine. Yeah, and you were, weren't you? After about a year and a half, yeah. yes, I was fine. <laughs> Got there. All right, have fun tonight and conserve your energy, okay? Little small breaths like... <laughs> Are you okay uh, now? I mean, you're... N-E-I-L-O in Harlem Nights. <laughs> Uh, Marvin got that one. I didn't get Danny Aiello I- I- and Harlem at, Knights. At the end, when they lock him in the safe, and, he, and Eddie Murphy tells Danny Aiello, take short breaths. Short breaths. Or else you're bleeped up. Okay. Right. Yeah, somebody should be here to get you out of here by Monday. <laughs> and this was a Friday. Yeah. So he's like, you should probably take little tiny <laughs> short breaths. Have fun. Yes, sir. Okay, good luck tonight. More games, more money, Daddy. Yeah, Let's no, go. No. That's 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 all he cared about. Jason Jackson Jr. the third, the Miami Heat radio play by play voice. Yeah, I said, Are you nervous? He goes, Hey, more games, more money. And I go, That doesn't sound like you're nervous. He goes, No. He goes, I'm not playing. All right, a uh, couple of phone calls in here. Uh Chris in Pittsburgh. Hi, Chris. What's going on this morning? Hey Dan, how's it going? Good. I uh, had a question. Had a question for you and maybe uh the uh the staff back there, if there was a stat they could dig up. Um, just wondering, looking at, you mentioned the over-under was five games. 
uh, coming into this series. If there was a stat on two teams meeting after one had a complete sweep versus another who went, uh, you know, pulled the line on all the way into game seven, I just think that there's got to be a stat out there. I'm looking at the over-under, um, maybe going to place a bet myself. But just seeing if your your, uh, your staff has a stat back there that could uh, – that could answer that question. Yes, Paul. Yeah, he's saying how many NBA finals have a team from one Eastern Conference, Western Conference, swept a team and one went seven? What happened? What was the result in the past matchups like that? Like what we have now? We have to look that up. And that will take some time. So how many sweeps have we had in the NBA finals and no, how many games? How seven? many teams have come in off a sweep and come in off game seven and what happened in those? Oh, finals? okay, okay. Uh, Fritzy, would you uh, reach out to... Tuvi, yep. our research guy, see if he's got some information on that. Drew in New Mexico. Hi, Drew. What's on your mind today? Morning, fellas. Uh, Polly, just wanted to let you know, June 1st, 2023, I am selling the Hammer Burger on my menu as of today. Wow, that's an honor. Uh, What's the name of the restaurant, the, Drew? It's called the Lucky Duck Grill. Okay. Um, but I want to talk about the important topic of the day, not the NBA Finals. What's with all the banging on Limp Biscuit, man? I've listened to them for years and years, and I still listen to them voluntarily. And now thinking about it, I feel like it's almost like being a, a Kiss fan. Like you're going to bash their music without having really listened to it. And it's sort of, it's like a lifestyle. It's not just being a fan of their music. Drew, Drew, I I don't know their music, so I'm not I'm not even giving an opinion on Limp Biscuit. Seton probably is more well versed in Limp Biscuit, but I I'm not. I don't I don't really know. I just know Fred Durst is the lead guy. I'm, I'm sorry if they're criticizing your lifestyle there, but Seton, uh, response for Drew in New Mexico. Well, one, the Lucky Duck Restaurant or Lucky Duck Bar and Grill looks yeah. like a fantastic place. All right, uh, Hammers. Wonderful. Right. Um, and the Limp Biscuit comment? I I suppose it's possible that we haven't truly gone into the depths of, <laughs> you know, the many layers of Limp Biscuit, and we're taking it a little too, you know, on face value. Right, like the B-sides. Should we dive into the B-sides for a little while? You know, dissect See, I think you the guys musical being, composition and maybe the, the lyrics a little more. I think you're being sarcastic to Drew in New Mexico. Oh. It feels like that. It's a lifestyle. I know. I'm sorry, Drew. The lifestyle part of it. Drew, do you have a Limp Biscuit tattoo? I do not, but I do have a barbed wire armband. Okay. You didn't have to tell us that. We knew. <laughs> dude, I love this dude, man. Drew, you're like a time capsule, a human time capsule. I love this. Do you have a hat on backwards with some Oakleys on the brim? <laughs> No, I haven't gone that far. <laughs> okay, but you got the barbed wire tattoo. Is the barbed wire all the way around your arm? It is, man. And when they did the inside, oh yes, that hurts. Yes, that, that's when you that needle in the middle of my armpit. Uh, keep doing curls, Drew, just so the barbed wire still looks good. And uh, you know, that good, hurts. Good that luck. Really yes, does. it does. Yeah. That's why. I, I, John McEnroe, I think, had a tattoo, barbed wire, something like that, and it stopped right before it got to the underside of his uh, tricep. And I go, you didn't do the whole thing? He goes, are you kidding me? It hurts. <laughs> Underneath that, the arm, the inside part, that's where, that's where people cry. See, the thing is with Drew, 
and the Limp Biscuit <laughs> lifestyle. Oh, no. You have to just not care what people say. At, at this point in the year 2023, yeah. and you're still regularly listening to Limp Biscuit, you're in. You're a lifer. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. Just enjoy yourself. But he's he's kind of... He seemed hurt. He, he seemed hurt. No, he did. I think he was stung a little bit there. But yeah. he was trying to say being part of Limp Biscuit is like being part of the Kiss Army, and that's not right. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it seems more like being part of the Insane Clown Posse okay. Army. Okay. Right. It's a little more cut from that cloth rather than the Kiss cloth. And I, I don't even like Kiss, but I wouldn't disrespect them that way. Yes, Paul. If you're waiting for Limp Biscuit to come around to relevance <laughs> again, I wouldn't hold your breath. Be like, yeah, where were all you posers last? Yeah, yeah for the last, years. yeah, last twenty years. Oh, now all of a sudden, yeah. everybody loves Limp Bizkit again. <laughs> Everybody's got a red backwards Yankee hat. Okay, uh, Marvin's playlist, the uh, cookout playlist. You can vote on that at danpatrick.com. Are we playing Limp Bizkit tomorrow? Is that even a question? I think we have They're to. They're going to be from Colorado tomorrow. Okay. Colorado wins. Oh, they're from Denver. You didn't know that? Let's take a break. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Door- Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Chris Burke, 
Hall of Fame broadcaster, ESPN analyst, and I believe two-time Big East uh, All-Star, All-Conference as a point guard. Is that right, Doris? Was it two-time? So long ago, I have no recollection. (laughs) Oh, don't be so modest. You sound like a joker here being so modest there. Uh, Who plays point guard the way you did? Who plays point guard in the NBA the way you did at Providence? Oh, shoot. Uh, you know, I don't have a great comparison. What I will tell you is I have sympathy for any point guard who's a scoring point guard with no jumper. So my game, Dan, was this. Out in transition, my handle was exceptional. I could get absolutely anywhere. <laughs> but, but you know those players who um, coaches just back off and give a cushion <laughs> to six eight? That was me. You that were me. you were Rajon Rondo before Rondo. Bing, bing. And Jeff Van Gundy's always like, how did, how, and this is Jeff saying it, we laugh all the time. How are you a white point guard and you can't shoot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're Doug Gottlieb. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is I had um, incredible teammates, incredible coaches, and, uh, you know, had it not been for that, I wonder, like, you know, the game gives you such joy, Dan, and those I only have fond memories as a player. So, We see a lot of catchers who become managers. I don't know if there's a correlation, point guards as broadcasters or coach. Like, you see the game differently at a different angle, and the same with catchers. Uh, is there any correlation that being a point guard, how it helps you see a game as you're broadcasting? Yeah, I do think, you know, you are responsible to know um, every position on the floor, you know, where the four or the five is going to be at any particular moment. And then, um, you know, generally speaking, the ball's in your hands, so you should be communicating with everybody. And uh, so I do think there is a little bit of a correlation, I guess, similar to a quarterback in football, right? Who or what decides the NBA Finals? Oh, boy. Um you know, so many things are going to happen over the next seven games. I can't wait to see the journey. What what intrigues me about this matchup, one of the things that intrigues me is you have two superstars who love to empower the people around them. And, you know, Eric Spolster has talked about, Dan, not being able to quantify the influence that Jimmy has on the group. Um, you know, I had a vote for the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, and when I texted the uh, person at the league I was supposed to text it to, my first text was Caleb Martin. That young man had played so great. And maybe a minute and a half to go in the game, I changed my mind. Oh. And, yeah, I did. And it was hard. Like, that boat, if you saw it, it was so close. And I still don't know if I made the right decision. But ultimately, there's that intangible leadership confidence that Jimmy Butler sort of, you know, it permeates the whole roster. And we uh, underestimate Miami to our peril, right? They just spent seven games disavowing us of the notion that Boston was the better team. And then Jokic... To access Jokic's brilliance, Dan, he had to come to grips with something that was probably uncomfortable for him a couple years ago, and that was there would be times where he would have to flex a little bit as a scorer and show off the array he had offensively. His first instinct is to pass and to make the guys feel good around him. Um, But I just love that you have two superstars um, who want to play the right way and who want to make their teammates around them feel really good. I love that. Fair comparison to have Joker and Tim Duncan mentioned in the same sentence? Boy, that's a, I think so. You know, I think, uh, you know, 
the vision with which Jokic plays the game, the feel, the execution of these touch passes, the absurd passes where he's, you know, leading people into spaces um, as his teammate Aaron Gordon, who Joker, uh, Joker described as the soul of our team. He said he's a savant. Uh, so I would say Tim was savant-like, maybe in different fashion. Uh, but, you know, Nicola is a savant. And I and here's the thing. You know, I hope in the course of the, the broadcast, people get a sense for who this man is. You know, he wears his wedding ring tied around his shoe. You know, the first eyes he's looking to seek out when he finishes a game is his daughter. His family is clearly important to him. He's not at all involved in the NBA lifestyle. Just something so appealing about the person, Nicola. Could say the same about Jimmy. You know, Jimmy wants to play tennis and he wants to travel the world in the off season. He gets his work in, but these are two men with with uh, lives that are very rich around the game too. Can you teach what Joker sees on the floor? No, I don't. I don't believe so. And it's funny. There's that great line where Mike Malone was talking to him, and I love that Mike said. Um, Anybody who tells you they knew what Joker was going to be is full of baloney. There's yeah. just no way. He showed up at, at uh, Summer League 300 pounds and out of shape. And and you have to admire Dan. He is not the two-time MVP if he doesn't change the level of physical conditioning. An 82-game schedule, but most particularly this March to June, is brutal physically and mentally. Um but I don't think you teach it. And he, he jokes about being a fat point guard. He's like, coach, I was a fat point guard <laughs> as a kid. Goes back to that point guard uh, uh, point you made earlier, Dan. You see it and feel it differently from that position. Can you teach what Jimmy Butler brings Miami? At the start of this the series, and I'm going to be honest with you, I expected Boston to win. But one of the things I said before game one of the Eastern Conference Finals was, Boston, I mean, Miami is the most physically and mentally tough team in the league and coached by a top 15 coach in the 76-year history of the game. Eric Spolstra, I believe, is now 6-1 and one, um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you can't teach it. The other thing, you look at the growth, and I do think these players, you know, Miami couldn't make a shot in the regular season, Dan, couldn't make a shot. They are first in percentage, Duncan Robinson, Gabe Vincent, and mostly Caleb Martin have been shot makers. I do think they have to do it again. How about Caleb Martin? Undrafted. I know we've made a big deal of it. In the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago, Dan, they wouldn't check the kid. They wouldn't guard him. They gave him 15 feet of space. And he said, hey, they, that, well, that was appropriate. I was not prepared for the moment, but shame on me if I'm not prepared the second time. And that young man to deliver the way he did in that, that series, just pretty cool. How do you think this plays out? <laughs> I think it's going to be a longer series than people expect. I, I am curious to see how Miami feels. Um, there were points at which I thought uh, Jimmy fatigued. I thought you saw that in the middle of a series. Kyle Lowry, um, him as well. Um, you know, Eric Spolster maintains that that knee is healthy, but remember they shut him down for five weeks. I think that championship experience he brings is significant. I think you saw that in, in the Eastern Conference and episodically in the in the prior rounds, uh, you do get the extra rest, but we are in Denver. I think it's it's at least six games. I will be surprised if Denver doesn't win, uh, but I think it's going to be longer and harder than people think. Talking to Doris Burke, ESPN NBA analyst. She'll be on the call, ESPN Radio, for the NBA Finals. Best player you saw this year was who? Well, I voted Joel Embiid MVP. 
and I'm going to say this 100% and I believe it to my core, when Joel is in shape and he's engaged and he's healthy, he can be every single night the most influential player on both ends of the floor. He has to decide now after getting the MVP, does he want to follow up and be great again and now advance to a place um, where he isn't? But a very close second for me was Nikola Jokic. I went one, two, and I will tell you those two positions, you know, alternated all season. So um, those two guys. Would you keep James Harden in Philly? Well, with Nick Nurse, I think it it becomes more problematic because Nick is a guy um, who wants to play aggressive defensively. He wants you locked in for the full 24. Think about it, Dan. In the 2019 finals, he ushers in what we see more and more of, the boxing ones, the triangle and twos, the switching defenses, the, you know, I say a lot of times, increasingly, it's getting hard to play in the NBA if you don't think it on a high level on both ends of the floor. Uh, and Nick demands a lot. The other thing he does is he plays his starters a lot of minutes, at least if you look at what he did in Toronto. So I don't know. These are the hard choices. It's the thing I understand the least, but I will say this. I don't think team success in any sport is, is simply a matter of the collection of talent. The pieces have to fit. There has to be some chemistry. You have to work well. You see it over and over. I'm curious to see if, if Denver wins. Does that have any influence in how teams are put together or the way, you know, people build their, their organizations? They, they drafted well. They were patient. Uh, they waited for Jamal to get healthy. Says something organizationally to me anyway. Also, I brought this up a couple of times. Tatum and Brown don't complement each other. They're sort of the same player, whereas Jamal and Joker complement each other. AD and LeBron complement each other. I, I think you can go down the, the list of teams when they're successful. You have those players who complement each other. That's what kind of concerns me with Boston. Jalen Brown's a wonderful player, and they could have easily gone back to the finals, but would you – you know, give him a max deal? Would you you want to have that pair for the next five years? Right. And I think that's the complicating factor here. And I, I was thinking about this last week um, because of you could have two guys locked up at $600 million And it sounds like the way the salary structure is, it's going to be a high penalty to try to do that. And, you know, Jalen Brown's old weaknesses came to bear again. His lack of a left hand, his turnover issues, forcing shots at inappropriate times. But then, Dan, I started to rifle through, well, everybody's talking about Damian Lillard. I don't know off the top of my head how, how old Damian is. He's coming off in a phenomenal year. But you, you, how many times do you see superstars acquired and it not pay dividends over and over and over and over again? It's, these, are, these are hard decisions. And when I tried to come up with names to replace Jalen Brown, I'm thinking, oh, boy. You know, that's not as easy as you think it is. Yeah, I had somebody who's involved in this situation. They said, you know, you got to get these guys. Paying them is not the, the hard part as much as it is getting the guy. And that's why he said that he thinks the Celtics are going to re-sign him. What do you do if you're the Lakers in the offseason? Oh, boy. Well, you're, you're, you're re-signing Reeves. I mean, he just is a better player than anybody ever expected. His ability to handle and pick and roll and really absorb the responsibility takes so much weight off of, uh, off of LeBron. I think you, no matter what you do, you need um, defenders and shooters around LeBron and Anthony Davis. It's always about space. 
Um, you know, I think one thing that I was really locked into all year, Dan, was how much of a struggle LeBron's jump shooting was. I mean, he could not make a shot. And I kept pressing Darvin Ham on what's going on here. Early on in the year, he was saying it's the kinds of shots he's being forced to take. There's no space. The Russell Westbrook dynamic was brutal. Um, and then he said, Darvis, remember how old he is. These these things are harder now. Um, so <clears throat> a lot. I, I thought the moves they made at the deadline were critical. Uh, Rui Hachimura, if he can sustain that level of play, I prioritize him as well. He's big. He's fast. He's long. He can offensive board it. He made shots. Uh, but to me, it's always about spacing around LeBron and AD. I just thought LeBron started to show his age by settling for the jumper. Because, hmm. I mean, all you need is Michael Jordan to acknowledge that if he played LeBron, LeBron would be able to go right on him, and he couldn't stop him. Michael's words. I, it takes so much energy to try to get to the hoop and hmm. get fouled, and he's not a great foul shooter. And he's not a great jump shooter, but it, it just felt like that's what you do as you get older. You don't attack, uh, you, you know, the rim anymore. And that's what I saw when people say, oh, you know, he's not showing his age. And I said, yes, he shows it every game by settling for those jump shots. And he knows he's not a good jump shooter. Yeah. And I'm, I'm curious to see what his approach is. And the reason they wanted to play fast is exactly that reason. And it's different in the regular season, right? You can run on teams. You can get out a transition. It's at the most important time of year where defenses are locked in. And they say, well, we're not going to let you get to your comfort zones one, two, and three. You're going to have to get to four, five, and six. And we're going to expose every weakness. And so, yeah, this goes to the what, what everybody expected in Los Angeles, Dan. And that was that Anthony Davis would be the primary option and the leader in all of those things. And that hasn't come to fruition, whether it's personality or health or whatever it is that's contributed to these last couple of seasons for AD. And that's the mystery, because I've said many times, he was the Greek freak before the Greek freak. He did everything, offensively, defensively, he could shoot, he had a handle. And then all of a sudden, he was nice in New Orleans, and then you play those big games in a big spotlight, and then we see who these guys really are. And that's mm. what's frustrating with AD, is... He's one of the top 75 players of all time. But there are times I don't know he's on the floor. Yeah, yeah. And it goes – and so this is what draws into sharper focus for me. What you said about AD draws into sharper focus a guy like Jimmy Butler, whose numbers in the playoffs rise. Yeah. His productivity as a scorer, as an assist guy, as, you know, efficiency. It takes something different at this time of year to succeed. Um and this is why, you know, Jokic, you know, the criticism and why, you know, some people say, well, I'm not going to vote for him three-time MVP, whatever the case may be. He hadn't had any su success in the playoffs. That argument's laid to rest now. <laughs> He's appeared in the finals and a very good chance to to do it. But I, I, I would say this to you. I saw, I don't know who was debating it, uh, but somebody was saying something. It's Jimmy Butler, a Hall of Fame guy if he should win the, the NBA finals. I, I'd put that. I, I was interested. I haven't given it much thought. I don't know if it's something strikes you immediately about that for you. Well, I factor in college, and he, did he have a remarkable college career? Um, oh. And so he's bounced around with these teams. He finally got his team in Miami. You know, Philly wanted, what, Tobias Harris instead of him, and what happened in Minnesota <laughs> and then Chicago. It feels like he's he's pretty down. He's on the doorstep. He's, he's right yeah. there to be a Hall of Famer. 
But it's tricky. I got into this conversation with Reggie Miller the other day. I said, is Al Horford a Hall of Famer? Because he won two titles in college. So if I factor in that, then is he a Hall of Famer? He's part of a championship team. I don't know. Does it feel to you? I mean, I'm just, you know, feeling like I feel like almost NBA success seems like it's more important for Hall of Fame credential. I'd have to, like, do a deep dive or have somebody from research at ESPN do a deep dive. It's a great point. I, you know, you forget about the back-to-back titles, uh, the appearances in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's a great question, great debate. Who knows? I know. I know. Uh, hey, great talking basketball with you. And uh, Always. Yeah. And the older you get, the better you were when you were in college. Just you know, That's what I always say. <laughs> and you're wearing your Providence. You got your Providence gear on, don't you? Yeah. If it's free, it's if it's free, it's for me, Dan. And I'll take three. Uh, have fun. <laughs> Doris. Thank you very much. Have fun tonight. Thanks, Dan. That's uh, Doris Burke, Hall of Fame broadcaster. She'll be on the call. By the way, first woman to be assigned NBA Finals game analyst role on any platform, radio or TV. She'll be with uh, Mark Kestisher, ah, good buddy Mark, and uh, PJ Carlissimo. That'll be uh, tonight on ESPN Radio. Consult your local listings, and that'll be at 8.30. We'll take a break. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental health podcast. And each week we try to help turn our mental health issues into mental wealth. And we dive in with everyone from the world of sports and entertainment like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. So each week, listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast, an iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. We have Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have, uh, not breaking news, I don't think, but uh, we have an update on Al Pacino's baby news. We'll have that for you coming up here. <laughs> in a moment. Did you just tease it? I did. I, I, I teased the Al Pacino is going to be a father again at the age of 83. Uh, we've been covering this story for days now. We've also been covering the Oakland A's. We liken it to the movie uh, Major League, where it felt like, hey, let's be bad on purpose and then try to move, but then they ended up winning the championship. That won't be the case for the Oakland A's, who uh, had their two-game winning streak snapped brutally last night. Steve Berman, baseball writer, editor for The Athletic in the Bay Area, joins us now on the program. Steve, how did we get to this point with the Oakland A's, with nobody showing up, and now we're headed to Vegas? Well, the nobody showing up part uh, and Vegas are intertwined. So the team was systematically dismantled after the 21 season where they're actually in first place until about mid-August. And then, you know, they made some moves to the deadline. Team seemed like it was going to contend for the AL West title, fell flat. Afterwards, they pretty much told everyone, hey, we're going to dismantle this team. It's time for a rebuild. So the fans are ready for another rebuild. But also at the same time, they're saying, yeah, we thought we were going to be all into Oakland. We're rooted in Oakland is the thing that they always would say. But we're also doing what they call a parallel pass with Las Vegas. And so that turned the fans off completely. Then going into the 22 season, they traded everyone right after the lockout. Chapman gone, Olsen gone, Bassett, Manaya, And then they almost pretty much doubled season ticket prices. So you have a team that is – pretty much decimated. So you mentioned Major League. It's just like that. Team is decimated. It's really it's just a systematic trying to, to get rid of all of the Oakland fans. They've done a great job. And now you have this Vegas thing where it seems like it, it could happen as soon as this week, maybe, if they can get this through the legislature. But we don't know that yet. This ownership has been so, I guess, incompetent with all of these times trying to move to a new stadium that you can't really just look at it and say, oh, yeah, Vegas is definitely 100% happening. What do we know about the owner? Well, he's the heir of the Gap fortune. We know that. Uh, he's very reclusive. He actually, there were photos of him yesterday with President Dave Cavill uh, lobbying politicians in Nevada. That's the first time we've seen him in months, if not over a year. We used to see him behind the plate sometimes at the Coliseum. We haven't seen him at all. He won't show his face there now for for good reason, uh, we know that he doesn't really spend on players. He also owns the Earthquakes. They have a new stadium in San Jose. They're in the bottom half of the MLS and spending still. So this idea that if they get a new stadium, the A's are going to be a big market team, questionable. But we don't really know much beyond that. He doesn't talk to the media ever. Well, if he doesn't like being around people, he should go to an Oakland A's game. Then uh, <laughs> he'd, he'd be, be all alone there. 
Why does Vegas want the A's? I think there's a few reasons why. I'm not really sure how much the populace wants the A's, but Vegas is a big union town, and the unions are fully behind building a stadium and the possible jobs that can come from the construction and then the workers inside the stadium, the concession workers. And Las Vegas seems hell-bent kind of on being a big league town, and they, they, they're they one of those towns, I think, this is why the A's have, gone, have been drawn to them, they are one of the towns that said, we want this kind of stuff here. And we will actually consider at least, you know, bumping some tax districts to this, raising taxes for that. Uh, that maybe they're a little bit reticent because of how much money they gave the Raiders. But I think that they're a little bit more willing than Oakland, which was in talks with the A's to build just a ridiculous complex, what they call Howard Terminal, right in the water. But there's a lot of hoops to jump through in California when you're building stadiums in Vegas maybe a little bit a little bit easier. Also, Ballycorp is underwriting kind of this project. They they entered into a binding agreement, which wasn't binding because they got out of it <laughs> over at the Wild Wild West Casino. And then they went over to the Tropicana and Bally owns that property. And then Bally said that they're going to pretty much be all intertwined with the A's, with hotels and gaming and all these other things. And I think Vegas is probably pretty friendly to these casino interests. What are home games like for the Oakland A's? Well, it's it's pretty desolate nowadays. Uh, I think the people that are there right now uh, are going because of, well, they, they just, they love the A's, the few people that go there. And the also to show off right now, their dislike for current ownership. I mean, the amount of signs, someone counted them up the other day, a few days ago, there were like 30 different signs saying, sell, you know, cavil, weasel, you know, all these, you know, <laughs> Vegas beware, all, all these different signs in the outfield, which actually I'm surprised that they're allowing that to hang there. And, you know, but yeah, you're talking like 2000 people on a weekday, usually uh, maybe a little bit more on a weekend. Uh, there are possums uh, running around in the press box area, <laughs> uh, feral cats. So it, it's a scene, you know, I mean, they've not kept up the stadium for quite some time. And so, yeah, it's, it's pretty dismal there. Could you imagine if Kyler Murray had signed with the Oakland A's instead of gone to play football? Oh, my goodness. Right now, yeah, Kyler would uh, – well, that that was one of the things that the A's have kind of looked at, A's fans, is, you know, what if? Because th- those teams, after he got drafted, were so talented and stocked with guys, and they would make it to the playoffs and just fall short. So Kyler was t- sort of a shot in the dark. Uh, Keith Law, who does prospects for us, the athletic – he, he still thinks that that was at least one worth taking because he was so athletic and tooled. But I think what you're getting at, if he was there and looked around the clubhouse <laughs> and looked around the field and looked around the stands, he'd be out of there immediately. He'd be, he'd be like requesting a trade, like dur- during it at bat, he would like yell out, trade me. Yeah. You know, no, he would say, I'm going to have my uh, pro day because I, I want to be drafted. I want to, I want to play in the NFL. Exactly. Uh, he'd definitely be playing video games for sure. Uh, What's the soonest, what's the timeline that the A's can move? Well, if this all goes down and the governor is trying to get this going so that it, it gets approved on the last day of the legislative session, which would be Monday, if it doesn't, he might call a special session. If, if it does get approved this year, then the earliest they say would be 2027 for a retractable roof oh mining for stadium. So yeah, who knows what happens then? Do they do they possibly stay in Oakland? Do they move to Sacramento? Do they move to their AAA ballpark in Las Vegas? No one knows. 
Oh, my goodness. I know that you uh, cover the Warriors as well. Uh, it, you know, the offseason, is there going to be change in the offseason aside from a new GM? I would imagine so. I mean, if you looked at that press conference, and I think it told you a lot about maybe why Bob Myers is stepping down. I think owners, an owner like Joe Lacob is what every fan wants, right? But he can also be exhausting. I think Bob Myers was at a point where he'd been there 11, 12 seasons. What else could he really achieve? He already was on top of the mountain in terms of perception. He can get a job anywhere, not just with an NBA team, maybe like a corporation like Disney. And and Lacob seemed to be a little bit exhausting during the press conference. He he said to to Bob, I don't know if he was really joking, well, you're under contract till June 30th, so you will work until June 30th. And the look on Meyer's face was like, uh, dude, are you serious? Or really, is that, I, I'm, t- I'm telling everyone I'm gone. I think, though, that he also said, I don't care about the CBA, which will be very punitive on higher money teams. We're going to win anyways, regardless of the rules. How are they going to do that? I don't know. Does that mean you're trading guys like Poole and or Kaminga to try to get someone who better fits their system? I don't know. You also have a coach who's on the last year of his contract, which is pretty rare. There's a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces. Does Draymond opt in? Does he re-sign or does he leave? I don't think that you're going to see the same team, though, next year just because of how dysfunctional things seem to be at the end of this past season. Yeah, I wonder if Steve Kerr, this is it. I don't know if he was going to hold on to go out when Steph went out, but, I mean, he's already established a Hall of Fame uh, resume here, and I I don't know – can you keep doing this? Can you keep reinventing? He's got Draymond there. Is that a good thing? You know, Clay's in, I think, his last year. Steph, at his age, um, you know, it might be. I'm, I'm, I got one more year, and I can go back to broadcasting if I wanted to. Yeah, I, he does love to coach, though. And I think he got a taste of management in Phoenix and didn't like it. Yeah. Didn't go as well as he thought it would. I think broadcasting is always an option. It's always an option for every coach to keep your name out there, keep your face out there. I, I could see that in taking a gap year and doing something like that. But the guy really does love to coach. I also don't see him as a guy who would bounce around and be on that coaching carousel, Mm-mm. go to Detroit, go to Orlando, go to New York, go to Chicago. I think that he wants the perfect situation. It's been that way, as you mentioned with Steph. But a lot of people around here kind of thought that even though all the tea leaves are saying Bob Myers is going to leave since he was so noncommittal, people still thought they were optimistic that he would stay because – why would you leave Steph at this point now with a new president of operations coming in at some point, possibly Mike Dunleavy Jr., possibly one of the Lacob sons, Kirk Lacob, you know, does Kerr look around and say, all right, you know, Bob's out. Maybe this is not something I really want to undertake either. He also said Draymond Green, without him, we're not a championship contender. If Draymond does go somewhere else, where does Kerr see himself? Good stuff, Steve. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, any sign. Thank you. That's uh, Steve Berman, a baseball writer, editor for The Athletic in the Bay Area there. All right, now to the important story. Real quick, the A's may be there two more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. How does baseball, how, how did baseball get into this? It feels like a misstep then. Yeah. <laughs> Mistakes were made. Man. Okay, Al, Al Pacino demanded a DNA test. He uh, did not believe that he could impregnate anyone. This according to TMZ. This is a bombshell. So he wants a DNA test. So we debated the other day whether Al Pacino had Hoo-ha. a baby by plan or by accident. I yeah. said by accident. Seaton said plan. And now we find out Al Pacino was uh, 
he has a medical condition, according to TMZ, oh, where no. he did not believe he can impregnate anybody. And uh, two months ago, he found out after a DNA test that is indeed his child. That oh, so, is wild. Wait, so he took the DNA test? Our sources, I'm, our means TMZ, our sources say Al doubted the baby was his, wanted a DNA test. Uh, his girlfriend obliged, and the test showed that he was indeed the dad, Oh, according to TMZ. You, huh? She's uh, <laughs> eight months pregnant. It'll be Al's fourth child. I had a vasectomy, then. This is not possible. <laughs> That's an awkward conversation. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Honey, I'm... I'm I love I'm, you, but... Are you sure that's my kid? Can't be mine. No. You have anything planned today, hon? No? Well, <laughs> guess what? Uh, could I take that uh, soda can <laughs> that you were drinking out of? Oh, are you going to throw it away? No, no, no. I'm just going to save it for uh, safekeeping here. I get, get what about deal. that cute waiter at the restaurant you were checking out a few months ago? Maybe it's this. Why would, oh, wow. 80, why would an 83-year-old man think that a 29-year-old woman would be cheating on him? Why would you think that? <laughs> I can't imagine why anyone would consider that. His yeah. oldest daughter is 33. I know. Oh. I know. But it keeps you younger. I think that's why. I'll I tell you, the movie we were talking about has just gotten stoked up a lot. With this the part, DNA test? Yeah, you throw in a DNA test at the... Del Boca Vista, wherever they're down there, him, him and De Niro. DNA tough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's take a break here. They're going to keep an eye on that story. Some of our best people on that story. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just this one. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.